2: and welcome to Lucid Group's first quarter twenty three earnings conference call. At this time all participants on a listen only mode.
3: Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is and I am your host, and as you can probably tell by the introduction, we are going to talk about Lucid's Q1 2023 earnings call. This earnings call is going to be a little bit different, and here's why. We're not going to hear the opening remarks of Lucid's CEO, Peter Rawlinson, or their CFO, Sherry House, because Peter's uh, opening remarks were mostly marketing speak, and there wasn't a lot of information in there that I would deem uh, valuable. So I'm going to give a quick rundown of the things that I thought were interesting, but I can tell you a lot faster than uh, it would take for him to explain it so I, I boiled it down for you to save some time and as far as Sherry's stuff goes um, there are a couple things that she mentioned that I thought were interesting as it relates to this show so I will also give you that information and then we'll go through and listen to retail investor questions and analyst questions so let's start off with Peter Rawlinson, his opening remarks Lucid produced 2,314 vehicles. They delivered 1,406 vehicles. They didn't break down how much of each trim was sold and delivered. They are on track to produce 10,000 vehicles in 2023. However, their guidance was more than that. I think it was 14,000 in 2023. But there's a question on on that um, uh, later that we'll get into. The average sale price was around $106,000 this quarter Peter thanked the team, which I think is always great, and CEOs should always do that. He introduced new members of the board. (laughs) He talked about laser focus a lot. He mentioned all of the accolades that the Lucid Air is getting, and and it is getting quite a bit of, of accolades from the press and other people in the industry. He also talked about how Lucid is having to readjust their business plan. Again, a lot of big marketing statements but not a lot of substance he did mention that i thought this was interesting and there's a question about it later is that lucid is talking to third-party auto manufacturers about licensing lucid's intellectual property which i think is great lucid is working on decreasing battery pack sizes but still keeping or increasing the energy density of those battery packs so it sounds like they're working with some new technology there that they're not really ready to talk about um They talked a lot about bringing lower cost vehicles to market. Right now, Lucid starts at $87,400 or something like that. They talked a lot about how there's a misconception out there that the Lucid Air is a $200,000 car. And they mentioned this several times that it was frustrating that people didn't know that it's a much more affordable car than that because it starts at $87,400, which is a stupid amount of money for a car. Listen, if you can afford to buy it, more power to you. I think that's fantastic. But that's not a cheap car. And you also market this vehicle as a high-end luxury brand. And not just a luxury brand, like ultra luxury brand. And immediately after complaining (laughs) that everybody thinks that the Lucid Air is a $200,000 car, and nobody knows that there's a more affordable version at $87,400, they transition into talking about the Lucid Sapphire. Which is a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar EV, <laughs> granted it goes zero to sixty in less than two seconds and zero to a hundred and then in less than four seconds, but still, maybe if you want to emphasize that more affordable version, you don't immediately follow it up with the more expensive version, like if everybody thinks that you have a two hundred thousand dollar car and you say, no, no, we have an $87,400 car over here, but we're going to say that really quietly, and then we're going to talk about this $250,000, which is more than what people think these things cost, I just think they have a messaging problem for sure. Maybe it's not a marketing problem, it's a messaging problem. They also gave a little Gravity SUV update, and we'll hear a little bit about that in the questions. I've been doing earnings calls for a while now. Uh, I just started recently doing, you know, the 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 other auto manufacturers, but I've been doing Teslas for more than five years. And one of the things that I've found is in the opening remarks, they will generally have a theme and they'll hammer on that theme throughout the earnings call. And this theme, this this episode's theme is Lucid has a more affordable car. And they're frustrated that people think that Lucids cost a lot of money, which they do. But they don't cost $200,000. You can get them that are a little bit cheaper. All right, that brings us to Sherry House's um, opening remarks. And this one's going to be much faster than Peter's. Lucid has a training program for uh, employees in Saudi Arabia because they're building a factory in Saudi Arabia. They even brought some of those employees to here in Arizona at their Casa Grande uh, factory to learn about building these cars. So that's great. All right, let's see here. Um, When Lucid went public, they merged with a SPAC company. We talked about SPACs recently, so we're not going to go into that again. The SEC, the Secur- Securities Exchange Commission, they did an investigation into this, and they're not recommending any you know, enforcement or punishment or whatever. They thought something funny was going on. Turns out there wasn't. Moving on. Uh, they're working to improve efficiencies and lower costs, which all companies are doing right now. And then the factories in Arizona and Saudi Arabia are coming along. They're building a new factory in Saudi Arabia and they're adding 3.8 million square feet to the Arizona factory, which is really impressive. It's a big building. And that brings us to the end of the opening remarks. Let's go ahead and get to our first retail question. It might even be our only retail question. This is a hard-hitting question uh, to start. And I'm going to say... Kudos to the Lucid team for answering it. So let's go ahead and get to that question.
4: Peter, you have said,
0: I just like to underpromise and like to overdeliver. You promised 20,000 deliveries in 2022 and 49,000 in 2023. We got 4,022, and guidance is just 10 to 14 for 23. When will we see underpromising and overdelivering? It has been the complete opposite so far.
4: Thank you, my nod I'd just like to say, start by saying to everyone, I, I acknowledge and empathize with the frustration and I take this very seriously. Um, you know, under promising and over delivering isn't about setting low standards or being complacent. It's about being realistic and proactive and, and, and then going above and beyond to try to exceed expectations. And, and, and we as a management team, we we've, we've, we've take this very, very seriously. Um, back in 21, hardly anyone could have foreseen the disruption to the logistics and supply chain that we saw in 2022 that affected the whole industry. It wasn't just Lucid. It was a bunch of other car companies, very established names were affected the same way. Um, You know, I was part of a team that worked night and day in that factory to resolve issues throughout 22 and as a huge team effort we, 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 we did that. And now we're, we're facing a, um, a challenges in the market, macroeconomic effects, and high interest rates which do impact, uh, we've seen the withdrawal of the, uh, the, the federal tax incentive at the end of, 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 of 2022. And these are factors which are very difficult to predict. When we guide We do so with absolute honesty and integrity to the very best that we are able to estimate. And I totally empathize with our shareholders who are here with us through the long run. But I nevertheless believe that this is a technology race, that the technology that we've developed is unique. It's hugely differentiating. It will enable us to push the price of cars down because we've got more efficiency, which means we can go further with less battery energy, which means we can go the same distance as anyone else with smaller batteries. And batteries are the high cost item, which gives us um, uh, an advantage in terms of potential gross margin. And I believe this will come to bear Um, in in the future. And we've also got compelling products coming. We've got Sapphire, which is going to be a halo product, halo product for the brand and help grow brand awareness. Um, As we we know that that is a, a limiting factor right now. And then we've got the big one for production coming next year and on track, the Gravity, which I think is going to be a seminal product. So I I, I temper this with uh, unerring optimism for the future uh, for Lucid.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: I do think this was a very good answer. Um, It was a really good question. They didn't, this was a retail question. So, they didn't have to choose this question to start the earnings call question and answer section off. They could have easily just ignored it, but they didn't. So I give them kudos for that. And I thought their answer was good. And Peter Rawlinson was the right amount of contrite, as well as the right amount of here are the challenges that we faced explaining those things. So I think that's all great. I'm pretty sure other car companies, the media, other companies in general were forecasting that the supply chain was going to be an issue. Maybe they didn't think it was going to be as bad as it ended up being. But I do remember in 2021, other businesses saying, "Hey, we're going to have some supply chain issues, and it's going to it's going to take a while before this works itself out." And yeah, I, I don't think anybody was taken by surprise as far as that goes. The war in Ukraine was definitely uh, took people by surprise, and nobody really expected that to happen, so that that was problematic and you remember just a few minutes ago when I said hey there 's usually a theme in these these earnings calls, and that theme this time happens to be that they don 't understand why people uh, are unaware that they have an affordable or more affordable version of the lucid air. Well, they mentioned the Lucid Sapphire was going to raise brand awareness. Lucid Sapphire costs $250,000. That's the car that costs $250,000. They say this with no irony in their voice, that they don't understand why um, we're looking forward to releasing the Sapphire because that's going to raise brand awareness. Yeah, it's going to raise brand awareness as a really expensive car that costs $250,000. You're not doing yourself any favors. That's what I'm saying here. Yeah. So when does Lucid start under-promising and over-delivering? I don't know, to wrap that up. All right, let's move on to our next question, which is, would you consider launching a more affordable version of the Gravity SUV first?
0: Would you consider launching the Gravity with a more price-accessible trims first to attract more buyers considering the current uh, economy conditions?
2: Yeah, firstly, I would say that from a principal perspective, and given where we are in the life cycle maturity of our company, we do think it's important to balance between volume and price, and not to optimize one to the detriment of the other. Your question is timely, because we have been studying this topic, looking at launch cadence, the time between launches, and the price elasticity curves, and where the intersection of those end up optimizing for the company. It's still a little bit early for us to comment on our intended approach But what I can say is that we've already sourced about 80% of the components on the gravity. It's going really well, and we've been able to stay within our cost targets, which will ultimately give us maximum flexibility to react to dynamic market conditions over time. We're also taking lessons learned from the air and looking how we shrink the amount of time between trim launches, hence getting all buildable configurations into all regions out to the public faster And finally, we know it's important that customers are aware of the full price spectrum for the vehicle. We found that a lot of people simply don't know that we offer, in the case of an air, a vehicle with a starting price of $87,000, as Peter mentioned a few moments ago, and hence awareness is something that we continue to focus on. So we'll keep you posted as we can share more, perhaps at the Gravity Unveil later this year and in 2024 as we approach starter production.
3: I feel like I have a soft heart when it comes to startup companies like this, and anybody in general who's trying to build something that's really hard to build. Like, I I hate being critical of the companies because there are, you know, a million different challenges that they face that I don't even know about. So, I I do, I am sympathetic towards these companies when they're trying to do that. So, I'm going to give Lucid a little bit of latitude because building a car is really hard. So I'm not going to say anything negative about this. I will say they have a lot of lessons to learn from when it comes to building vehicles over the last couple of years, and those lessons range from the supply chain to you know manufacturing to delivery, like all the way down the line, all of the components that, um, all of all of the things that are necessary to make. A vehicle, and then actually deliver it to somebody. There's a lot of things in between, and because they've learned those lessons, I would expect the gravity to be ramped up much faster than the Lucid Air. Let's go ahead and move on to our next question, which involves licensing technology to third parties.
4: Peter, in your in your comments, uh, there it sounded like you were, or you were alluding to potentially licensing or, or selling. The powertrain technology, and, and, and it sounded like that was actually you know, pretty far along, potentially, with some uh, customers. I, I'm just curious if you can comment on that or give us any other color as to, to what, what those comments meant. No, no, John, I'm not in a position to disclose anything tangible at this juncture, um, as, as I said on the on, on, as, earlier, but we continue to receive incoming interest, and I think I think there's a growing awareness that we have something very, very special here in terms of performance and efficiency. And if you can have something more efficient, you carry less batteries, so you're burdened with less battery weight. And this makes the car uh, really more agile and more sporty and more a driver-focused experience. So the technology we have today... Is eminently suitable for higher performance vehicles with our drive units of 600 to 670 horsepower capability. When we develop lower power units, more affordable units for a mid-sized platform in a few years time, it's that that technology would be, you know, um, um, more appropriate for more mainstream manufacturers. We've not uh, proactively gone out to seek Uh, any engagement in this arena. But we've had multiple OEMs come speak to us, and we are in dialogue with several right now. And that's all I really can disclose at this juncture.
3: I get the feeling that Lucid needs money. Like, I don't know how much licensing their technology would give them in terms of a revenue stream, but, um, you know, there, they've had a lot of struggles. When I started this podcast in 2016, they had just announced that they were a company. They were showing off the new Lucid Air, or the prototype version of the Lucid Air. And you know, to date, they haven't delivered all that many vehicles. We'll say less than twenty thousand. If you're, we're going to take four thousand delivered last year and ten thousand that are supposed to be delivered this year. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So that's fourteen thousand plus whatever they delivered prior to that. So we'll just give them the benefit of the doubt and say twenty thousand cars. Um, it's not a lot of money, especially when you're building two factories. Um, so, yeah, we'll just give them the benefit of the doubt on that. That they they need money for sure. I don't know how much that would give them. I don't even know if it's worth their time, but it's a, it's definitely a revenue stream. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not. But it's definitely something to mention again, is one of the other themes in this earnings call is that Lucid keeps talking about a smaller battery pack that has the same or similar energy density as their larger battery packs. So they're definitely working on something, and that's something that we should be looking out for as we go forward this year and next year. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it will probably be announced with the Gravity SUV, but definitely something to watch. Next up, uh, we're going to hear about uh, Lucid's change in guidance and and why they've changed their guidance as to how many vehicles they're going to produce and deliver.
4: The change in guidance in terms of going from 10 to 14,000 uh, to 10,000, um, how much of that would you say is related to just some
0: concerns on the macro or your ability to build brand versus just Factory production issues. Any details you can provide on that, and have next follow-up.
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important as we take a very responsible uh, perspective of this that we match the cars that we build, the production volumes, with the cars that we deliver, uh, and and that's the balancing act. Uh, certainly, we believe that uh, the macroeconomics are playing a part. In, uh, the deliveries right now. We also believe that, um, uh, the interest rates play a part. Even for a high-end product, even in this part of the market, interest rates do, uh, pr- pr- provide a, a headwind. But we've got initiatives within the company to turn the faucets on to up the volumes should those uh, market conditions improve. And, you know, that we're ready to scale up pending that so, and, and also as we amplify brand awareness and also I come back to this misconception uh, which seems to be out there that um, yes people believe it's a $200,000 car and it's actually the st- entry level price is $87,400. It's probably conceivable that people think of it as a $200,000 car because car, it's so amazing but actually it's much more attainable and we need to spread that word as well.
3: So based on his answer of the macroeconomic environment and the fact that interest rates are high, and if Lucid needs to, they could turn the dial and produce more cars, it sounds like their guidance is a demand problem and not a production problem. It sounds like people don't want to be spending this kind of money on this type of vehicle right now. And also, by the way, Peter, if you're listening, your messaging's the problem as to why people don't think this car costs $87,400. If they're going to keep saying it, I'm going to keep saying it because they're smart people. This should not come as a surprise to them. Next up, we're going to hear about the gravity production timeline. The Lucid Air
4: began production roughly one year after beta prototyping test testing began. And clearly, COVID impacted some of the start of production timeline. But shouldn't analysts and investors use the same timeline to conclude that the Gravity SUV begins production in roughly 9 to 12 months from now, given your announcement that this nameplate has just began road testing? I, 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 all I can say is that um, we, we've got to get the product absolutely right. There is a, a gestation period between... Data um, and and and, and start of production. There's also a nomenclature issue here. We're on target for start of production late 24 for uh, the gravity. Okay, cool. Well, p- perhaps maybe you outline exactly what needs to happen um, for the b- between now and the start of production. So maybe so that we can track in the real time. I don't know when when you expect the, the, the vehicle yeah, to get absolutely. homologated, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, homologation comes relatively late because that has to be conducted to process and tooling represented uh, levels of authenticity for that represent production. So right now we're uh, road testing the, 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 the beta vehicles for the core attributes uh, structural integrity, drivability, suspension tuning. We're starting on some of the brake development, the the traction control, the anti-lock braking systems, the core attributes of the vehicle. Then we will move to a phase of interior development. They won't have representative interiors at this stage. Later this year, we'll move the betas with um, representative interiors. We can do all that development. Then the long lead tooling items. Uh, are being kicked off because some of the parts take over a year to tool and then we'll go through a pre-production run through um, next spring uh, um, culminating in production late 2024 on track. and I believe it will be a seminal a seminal product. It's gravity is on track. It's the big one. It's going to be a landmark seven seater, third row, three row, super practical, super high performance, extraordinary range, extraordinary performance attributes.
3: I mentioned this before, but it bears mentioning it again. They have a lot of experience, a lot more experience than they had when they were building the lucid air. So, I take them at their word with their timeline. If they miss it by a couple of months, not a big deal. Let's move on to our next and final clip. And the question has to do with their competitors cutting prices, but really it has to do with Tesla price cuts and how Lucid plans on responding. So let's go ahead and listen to that.
4: Peter, just wanted to get your thoughts on kind of competitive dynamics in the market right now. From our vantage point, it it feels... Like a pretty challenging market for for luxury electric vehicles, but wanted to get your view on if if price cuts from from your one of your large domestic competitors um, on their luxury line of vehicles is having any impact on on demand for lucid vehicles. Well, I, I think I, uh, what you're referring to is perhaps a different part of the market. Uh, I believe that the, the the there is there is a, there is a challenge to the entire. Market right now because of macroeconomics and because of interest rates, which actually do affect this place of the market. Um, you know, uh, we're seeing, a um, uh, key competitors from Germany, um, discounting their products very heavily. Uh, that's not just the, um the US manufacturer that you may be, you may be, uh, you may be, uh referencing. Uh, The Germans are heavily discounting their vehicles, uh, and I think there are challenges right across the marketplace. I think what we need to do is just amplify awareness, just how compelling our product is. We've got better range, we've got better interior comfort, we've got more legroom, we're faster charging, we're more efficient, we're higher technology, we've got a fundamentally superior driver engagement experience. I was taking some uh, potential customers for a test drive just yesterday, and they were just blown away by the overall driving and riding experience. And we just need to get more people behind the wheel. That's what this is about. We don't have a 100-year heritage or history. We don't have an existing customer base. We need to win new advocates, new customers.
0: That's super helpful, and it's it's good to hear you're out in the field kind of promoting the product. Um,
4: Personally, most weekends I'm out meeting customers at events, and the grassroots evangelism is growing. And this doesn't happen overnight. This will take some time. We are planting acorns for a forest to, to come in the future. Make no mistake.
3: All right, as far as the Lucid Air being better than any of the Tesla vehicles out there, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. It's highly subjective. But people should buy what they like because it's their money. So if they think that the Lucid is a better product than the Tesla, then you should buy Lucid. If you have enough money to buy a Lucid and you think the Volkswagen ID4 is a better product, buy an ID4. We're living in a time where most all of these cars are amazing and they can do amazing things. And they're only going to get better as we continue on. It, it, we'll hit a point like the iPhone or the Android where we get small iterations. But right now we're in that, that technology growth phase. Like all of every, With every new release and, and every new software release, the cars get better and better and better. This is, really, this is an exciting time and like everything it's going to slow down, but man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited where EVs are going. Uh, they're, they're just, I don't know. I have no more words other than to stammer. I have only stammering left. Um, one of the things that Peter said that that was really neat was they're not a hundred year old company and they need to earn cu- customers. So they're planting acorns and it takes a long time for a tree to grow And it takes a long time for a tree to provide shade and, you know, get get that canopy. And it takes a long time for a forest to grow. So I like his uh, analogy there. All right, everybody, that is it for this week's show. It's 28 minutes and 43 seconds. Can you imagine if we had to listen to Peter and Sherry and their opening remarks? This would be a really long show. I just want to take a second and thank Allison and Steve Sheridan. They were very kind, and I think I've mentioned this, but I haven't I hadn't installed them. They were very kind, and they sent me a little gift um, in the mail for my new car. They sent me a new set of puddle lights. So when you open up the door, there's a little light that shines on the ground so you know what you're stepping into. Uh, that what they sent me was a laser light that fits into that same spot, and instead of just you know, illuminating the ground, it shows a a T and it says Tesla underneath it. And it looks really cool. So I just wanted to publicly say thank you to them because it was really nice of them to think of me. Speaking of Allison and Steve, they are going to be on Friday's show. All right. That is it for me this episode. Hope you all have a wonderful day. If you live in the US, hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day. And I will talk to you with Allison and Steve on Friday.
0: This concludes Lucid's first quarter 2023 earnings conference call. Thanks, uh, thank you all for joining us today and you may now disconnect.